Welcome everyone to the show Brain Health Unchaining Your Pain. I am really, really excited to have the phenomenal Eric P. Granger here on the show. Now, Eric was introduced to me through Amy Kardashian, um, who um, is a great friend of mine, and, and just her story is phenomenal. So Eric, just firstly, yes. welcome. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, it's an honor to be part of this. <laughs> so for those that don't know Eric, um, he's got an amazing uh, accomplishment since he switched his career. So at the age of 62, Eric decided to change careers and pursue his lifelong dream of telling stories through original songs, stage productions, TV and motion picture scripts. In the past seven years, Eric's won two Best Lyrics Awards in Nashville, written, produced and directed a full-length stage musical and won 18 screenplay and 14, 40 sorry, screenplay finalist awards. His passion is touching people through his work. Wow, Eric, that's <laughs> an amazing accomplishment um, in that short time period, really. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So for, I, I'm really excited to explore that transition, but before we start in, <laughs> in, in your journey and, and your storytelling, which I'm really excited about, yeah. but for you, this show is all about brain health and unchaining mm -hmm. our pain. Yeah. What does optimal brain health mean for you personally? Optimal brain power. Um, I think to me, it, it just means keeping a clear, open mind. I think one of the traps uh people uh well, i'll say of my uh age <laughs> is we get we get we, we we pigeonhole ourselves into this little little box and 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 don't want to look outside of it we get com too comfortable and we don't we're afraid of discomfort i think and so yeah. i've i've always been the opposite uh if it's uncomfortable i, I go attack it instead of hide from it <laughs> do you know i think that's really important because we can get really uh comfortable can't we when we get to a certain point in life right. it, it doesn't matter when that reaches is right, that we right, get right. comfortable with the status quo yeah. and we don't seek to really keep growing and developing yeah. ourselves and from a brain health perspective is we can always grow our brain irrespective of what age we're at and develop and uh and reach new heights and accomplish new things and we often based on potentially our societal expectations or our societal norms. Right, yeah. we, we, we think that we're kind of stuck uh, and we don't give ourselves that permission often to, to take on new challenges and, and to really grow. And it's actually incredibly healthy to, to challenge yourself and learn new things and, and, and keep, your brain, <laughs> keep your brain challenged. I think it's incredibly healthy for you. Absolutely. And, and it's one of the risk factors, um, actually, yeah. in terms of cognitive decline is retirement and aging. Exactly. And the most important thing in that at any age is is to learn new things, to learn something yeah. new, new every day and to stretch ourselves cognitively uh, oh, yeah. as well as as well as physically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, go go learn a new language or. or you know. Yeah. Right. So. You Something. really did that, didn't you? <laughs> you really, I'm really excited to explore before you made that transition to, to who you are now. Could you just tell us a little bit about your 
your journey? Obviously, you were working. Wow. Uh, well, I've always... I've always been the storyteller in the family at, at family gatherings or or Thanksgiving or uh, things like that. Uh, I seem to be the one all the kids would gravitate to and and just uh, listen to some of the silly things I've done in my life and telling stories that way. And uh, as as I got to uh, we'll say the age of sixty, before uh, I w- I've been in the uh, event business. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I have a small production company up here in Lake Placid, New York, and and I. But part of that business is to uh, carry heavy equipment and yeah. and speakers and sound systems and lighting and those sorts of things because I'm a very small company. Uh, so I'm a not just a, an instructor. I was uh, I was the doer also many times. Uh-huh. So as you get older, one of the things is you're more you're more prone to um, hurting yourself or s- stressing your body and things like that. And, and I started thinking, I don't want to do this uh, when I'm 70 years old. I don't want to be physically killing myself when I'm 70. And so I really sat down and was thinking about it. Seriously, what is it? I, I what am what are my best traits? What are my best talents? Yeah. My best yeah. talents. And so as an event producer, um, I would direct shows and, and sometimes write the script for shows. And 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 I kind of put that together with with I like to tell stories and, and do, do things like that. And I've always played the guitar a little bit and, and wrote a few songs for myself, that sort yeah. of thing. And so I decided, you know, what I really my best talent actually is telling stories, whether, whether it's through a song or a sitting by the campfire kind of thing. Uh, that's really my best talent and where I get my most joy personally. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to see what it, ta- <laughs> what it takes to be. Uh, a, a, and I'm a movie buff. So I love movies. <laughs> and, and so I said, I think I should aim it in that direction. Oh, I've always had this idea. Wouldn't that be a great movie? Wouldn't that be a great movie kind of thing? So I, I threw myself into that world. Uh, I traveled to New York City and took some classes on screenwriting from some of the best uh, instructors yeah. there are. It's you know, a three-day seminar thing, nothing, nothing heavy. Uh, and then I started writing right away. And and I thought I was I thought I was the <laughs> I thought I was the bee's knees, you know, right there. <laughs> but but it's it's a long, arduous journey writing. Yeah. It's a it's a private journey. Uh, which uh, I didn't realize how much so, but it's, mm-hmm. it puts you one-on-one with your own mind a lot. And I came to like that, uh, the, 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 the peace and the challenge at the same time of that. And, and uh, so I've, I started writing screenplays and uh, now that, now that it's written, now what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Big deal. You, you, so the only way I knew of at that time was, uh, was to enter some competitions, writing competitions, and and let the world judge me. And that's a tough mm-hmm. that's a tough decision to let other people judge your work. But I knew I knew I had to do that, and I knew that was the path I needed to take. So I, I did. I started entering uh, different screenplay competitions uh, all around the world. To be honest with you, just just to see what kind of feedback I would get yeah. from from doing that. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised that that uh, people like th- what I was doing. 
And, wow. uh, and so I kept on writing and kept on entering, kept on writing, kept on entering. Oh, there's another idea. And, and I would work on that and, and then send it around. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I got, I got recognition for my work and, and that was, uh, that was a tremendous reward in itself. What was the, um, what was the first story you decided to, to <laughs> write down on paper? What was the first one that? Oh, wow. I don't, uh, the first one I wrote was called Green Flash. Uh-huh. And um, I kind of combined, uh, I've always been kind of a MacGyver kind of person that, that uh -huh. if, something, if something goes wrong, I'll figure out a way to make it work. Whether, you know, uh, not on an explosive manner, but so <clears throat> I decided to take that with uh, another strange passion that I have is there's a phenomenon <clears throat> called a green flash. Uh -huh. but that happens at absolute sunrise or absolute sunset. It has to do with the diffraction of the light. And as the sun is setting, it will emit a green flash in the last millisecond before it disappears. Wow. So, so I will, I said, wow, what if I tried to put that into a story uh, about uh, a guy and, and probably was very much written, they say, write what you know. So <laughs> I wrote, the first one was uh, what if this real clever guy and, and that sort of thing. And, and I wrapped it up in a story about the green, him trying to capture a green flash on, on his camera. And that was the first story that I wrote. And you got two awards, two film. Oh yeah, awards, I did. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of fun to say, wow, people, people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And, yeah. Uh, and how did your stories, um, did you, I noticed you've done some very uh, different uh, screenplays and very different stories, and and often, you know, our connection with Amy is obviously hers was is is one of great yes. courage and great strength. Yeah, uh, Amy Kardashian on her yeah. journey out, out, you know, out of the shadows of darkness. Right. Really, right. what 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 is it that inspires you to write those really difficult journeys? I had. Um... When I met Amy um, at a, at a um, it was at a film festival uh, out in I think Beverly Hills, where I met her. I didn't know her before that, or I didn't know her book before that. And I had just finished a screenplay, uh, which was so different for me because it was about human trafficking, and oh, okay. uh, and I had just tackled a difficult story. I'll put it that way, uh, yeah. which is which is. Uh, challenging to me uh, to write a story like that versus one of my comedies or just action adventure kind of things mm -hmm. that I do. And I, and I met Amy and, Oh, what do you do that kind of thing? And, and she told me she wrote a book and uh, about her life. And I said, oh, and, and, and she gave me the, 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 the elevator pitch to it, that it's about mm -hmm. her struggles and the war and things like that. And I said, Oh, I'd be interested in reading that. And she said, oh, you would. And I, I think she sent her husband out to the car right away and brought back, <laughs> and, and he brought, and they put a book in my hands. And, and uh, I said, oh, I'll, 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 I'll give it a look. And so uh, as I was flying home back to the East Coast uh, from, from the West there, uh, I, I read, I started reading the book and, and found that I couldn't put it down. Yeah, and, I had the uh, same. <laughs> yeah. And, and then... Uh, I, I got home and, and life took over and on my and I put the book on my on my desk and I left it there for a while. And then I started thinking about it, thinking about it. And uh, I said, I think I'm going to read it again 
but more intently, more when more calmly and so I could just really go over it. So I read the whole book a second time, which I never do. Uh, <laughs> and, and then it's I was like, wow, this this would make an incredible film. So I uh, <laughs> I, I said I, I need and then I realized I had never gotten Amy's uh, card. Her, 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 we never we never exchanged business cards. And I said, I don't know how to find I don't know how to get a hold of this woman. So through Google and and uh, finding her and and uh, I finally got a hold of her um, at her uh, TV website that she has, and and wrote her a note and just said hi Amy do you remember me Eric you know that sort of thing and and I said uh, I'd love to talk to you about about your book yeah and so finally we reconnected and it was a couple months probably have to pass by uh, that, that we reconnected and then we. Well, probably had half a dozen conversations over the next two weeks between the two of us. And uh, and so we kind of struck a deal and, and uh, I, I started writing it. Uh, I had to read it a third time <laughs> <laughs> to to really dig into it and to start my research from from yeah. from reading it. Uh, and so I learned a lot, a lot about Amy and a lot about the Beirut Wars and things like that. Yeah. And then. Uh, as you know, she has re-released her book. Yeah. Uh, and, and she, um, in her re-release, she covered more in depth of the struggles that she really went through. Yeah. Uh, which which threw me into a whole different frame of mind, and so I had to actually start from scratch and, and rewrite. Uh, I, I was probably three quarters of the way through the screenplay. Uh, as is, and and then with this new information, it changed the the thrust of the story uh, yeah. quite a bit, and so uh, she added in the abuse piece, didn't she? It, exactly. She yeah, went into as a child. In, as a child. Yes, and and she went through quite a bit of abuse, uh, <clears throat> as you you know, having read the story, yeah. um, and to me, uh, it was very pertinent, very important to make that part of of what i was doing and so uh i i went back to page one uh and and started uh, working on it again and and i think it makes a more powerful mm. what I, it was already a powerful story and i i think uh the two amazing uh pieces that i got out of this was uh, was the uh the perseverance that she had and 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 the forgiveness and how absolutely and, and, I, I, and, and how does one do that you know so i think i, I think uh, that's why i got involved with with amy mm, on, on her story mm. and uh and i think what's so beautiful about her journey and and uh you know in terms of suffering uh sexual abuse from her brother yes. is that it's nice that she talks about it because so many people don't talk about it and quite often what we hear in the news is the uh, it's strangers who who commit uh, mm -hmm. that abuse whereas actually a, an awful lot of that goes on within the family yeah, unit fr and, friends and, and family not, or, or acquaintances absolutely. acquaintances and, and yeah yeah and not and not talked about it's a huge taboo topic isn't it and I think it's important that we empower people to know that you can get through it. You can get help. You can get support, and and you can get healing. Yeah, uh, from, and, from and those experiences. And, and, and she was 
raised in a culture where, my goodness, the, you don't talk about anything, no. any, any, any kind of uh, issues like that. You just, because yeah. uh, unfortunately, uh, being a woman in that culture, the, the burden w would fall back on her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she would be the person that's, you know, seen it almost of shame. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, associated with it, which is a t terrible position to be in as a, as a young child. As oh, the, yeah. You're the one that isn't, you know, you're the victim, but actually you're seen as the, the perpetrator. Exactly. Uh, by bringing discredit to the family, yeah. even though the perpetrator is within the family is not you. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's yeah, it's a, incredibly um powerful story and what what for you has been the hardest aspect of writing the stories what was the hardest hardest one to write in terms of all of the screenplays oh of all of them yeah. I, I actually I'm, to be honest with you it's probably amy's uh-huh and it's for a couple of reasons one is uh um uh, it's not purely my imagination going crazy, which, yeah. which mo most of my screenplays are that. And, uh -huh. <laughs> and it, no, they are and because my mind goes everywhere. And, and no, it's great. Um, and you, when you write uh, dialogue, which is probably the hardest part of any story, is uh -huh. is uh, when I would write from invented characters, uh, you write from that individual character's point of view to write their dialogue in conversation. Yeah. And so for, uh, for Amy's story, <clears throat> uh, in, in the novel, uh, most of the takes place, the story takes place in her mind. She's just yeah. saying how, in her mind, how she feels and how she's put up with this stuff. But to present that on a screen, you have to put that into dialogue yeah. without sounding trite or, you know, oh, I've had a bad day to yourself because people don't do that. So yeah. the biggest challenge was <clears throat> how do I get the point across without sounding like trivial <laughs> and, and make it emotionally connecting to people yeah. at the same time there. And that's why I think it was the biggest challenge of it. Yeah. And, and to write from Amy's point of view, what would Amy say at that time as, as a 13 year old? <clears throat> so, and, and luckily she's given me, <laughs> complete literary license to to do that yeah you know uh and so it's uh but it's challenging yeah i'm not yeah. a 13 year old lebanese oppressed <laughs> young lady you know and, and and to write in that person write dialogue and plus the response dialogue in the conversation uh i think that's the most challenging how do you how are you able to get into that mindset of people that doesn't present you personally how how do you manage to do that as a writer um it, it is difficult um uh -huh. maybe I, I i've been a stage actor for many years just the community on a community level uh -huh. community theater level and and had a few acting classes but not much but but uh, one thing i was ha always had was that ability to become that character on stage uh -huh. and that so that character on stage i know is not eric but i was able to become that character on stage uh which is really transformational it's 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 pretty amazing when you when you make that 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 leap um in front of an audience so 
I think that has helped me mm-hmm. to 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 when I'm writing, uh, especially someone like Amy, uh, to put myself into that character, which is really kind of crazy when you're having a conversation, especially if it's three or four people in, in a group conversation. I have to speak in each voice, but speak differently. I have to speak from their background and their where they're coming from and their mindset for each voice. And and uh, I think I think the very little bit of training I have had mm-hmm. has helped me do that. That's wow. uh, yeah. And does it? Do you find you know? Because obviously, it's incredibly um, mentally. Uh, <laughs> challenging and, yeah. and, and exciting to do that because you're having to play out stories in your mind that you've never experienced but right. you're ultimately reliving them from yes. you know multiple perspectives yeah ha, ha, have you ever found it uh, challenging for you personally to get back into the present because I know we talk about a lot about this from actors perspectives don't we but maybe not so much from screenwriters yeah uh, perspective where the actor takes on the character because they're so engrossed in the character i, I think the uh, difference is them. yeah i think the difference is in some uh, I, I wrote a, a comedy that's in production now out in la and mm-hmm. i was i was nine different characters Wow. You know, and, and at the same time, and when you're writing. And so uh, it's, it's, uh, I think that's part of your mental flexibility that I've, I've, I've always had, but it's, it's, uh, it can be exhausting. Yeah. To get back into it. Uh, but I've also found that it also makes you want to get back into the story. <laughs> I don't know if that's, be, uh, and 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 which story do which character do I relate with the most? And, and so it's yeah, it's very, it's it's very, I don't even know how to say it, but it's actually invigorating. Uh-huh. It's as a, as a mental exercise. It's, yeah. it's, uh, and I do have to pull myself away at times and give myself a few minutes to get back into the real world. Yeah. You know, oh, shoot. It's instead of uh, running down the hallway with a knife in my hand, I got to stop and take out the garbage. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, it's it's a big it's a big switch in, in the brain there. So. No, I'm, I'm fascinated about this because because also, you know, when we create stories in our mind you know our our memories are stories that Mm -hmm. we've decided to store some memories we choose to keep and some memories we you know not relevant to us so we don't but the more powerful the emotional attachment is Mm -hmm. the more whether it's a negative or a positive attachment it, it is kind of irrelevant if it's a powerful emotional tug we'll choose to keep those memories yeah so do do you find uh, that as you're doing this, the screen writing, um, and uh, you know, and, and all the the imagination that you have to conjure <laughs> yeah. up in your mind, yeah. that you end up storing very powerful experiences that actually don't exist hmm. in reality, and that uh, you know ultimately plays out on your mind. Do you find that happens? I keep some of them. Uh-huh. But uh, but um, I'm going to be honest with you. The majority of them, no. I, okay. I, I don't know how I put, I don't know how I put up that little. <laughs> you put a little, you know, a little guard up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
because I mean, ultimately, they're stories, obviously. Yeah. But um, I think the one with Amy is a little more personal. Um, uh-huh. A because I know her so well now. Yeah. And, and and so part of my brain says, "Oh wow, uh, she actually went through this. Yeah. This this is true stuff." And so I think some of those incidences uh, stay with me a little bit more than than others. It's really fascinating because. Once you contacted me, uh, I started thinking about a lot of, in anticipation <laughs> of your of your questions, I started thinking about well, how does the brain work in, in all this? And and um, it's quite fascinating that that I think when I'm reading Amy's book to do the writing, I think a lot of those little mirror neurons kick in. Uh-huh. I, I, and and so what I've learned is uh, it's kind of like yawning. If I would be a big yawn yeah. and someone else, the other people start Both yawning. The same. It's, it's a great phenomenal. thing to do on the train or a bus. Exactly. And so <laughs> and, and so when I'm learning the emotion that she's going through, my my mirror neurons kick in and I start feeling the same emotions. Yeah. Uh you know, for that. So I think uh, it helps with the writing. And I think it's also um, more difficult to separate after uh-huh. after I've done a writing session. I think it's more difficult to separate those because I, her memories become my memories in a sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. I certainly don't feel the deep part that she does, but yeah. it, that's, a, that's a pretty interesting phenomenon that takes place. Yeah. That's really powerful, actually. And one one of the, you know, people that are typically really empathic mm-hmm. um, take on other people's emotions as as if they're their own, exactly. and they don't have that barrier. They don't have that barrier between themselves and other people. Yeah. And so yeah. they end yeah. up getting completely <clears throat> overwhelmed with with the emotions that others portray. Yeah. Uh, and it, uh, and ultimately, their emotional tank gets full. Uh, yeah. very quickly mm-hmm. uh, and they can't cope or they get overwhelmed uh, with the emotional charge that sure. they possess and what's really important uh, yeah. especially if like yourself is you're absorbing the emotional content of what yeah. you're reading mm-hmm. or what you're writing yeah. is that you have that opportunity to discharge like a bit like yeah. <laughs> uh, a capacitor yeah. Uh, to, to, to discharge the emotion yeah so you can refill your tank up again with whatever you want to fill it up with it's isn't, um, it, isn't it strange that the writing they say writing is cathartic for people who have gone through these kinds of things and it's cathartic for me and I haven't even been through them yeah <laughs> it, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild how that works yeah I, and isn't that just an amazing example of the importance of writing? Mm-hmm. Uh, to help you manage your emotions because it acts as a discharge to your mind is yeah. is literally you getting it out of your mind and onto paper is is that discharging yeah, process yeah. and there yeah, are yeah. there are other techniques. Oh yeah, we, almost we every psychologist well. I know would suggest writing a journal. <clears throat> yeah, going, you know, and, and so. I, in a sense, I'm writing in someone else's journal. <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. And what's been the most cathartic, talking about that emotional, you know, journey that we go on and stories are all really about emotions. And what's been the most cathartic 
a screenplay that or or, or, mm -hmm. or show that you've you've been a part of oh my uh most cathartic um maybe maybe it's my comedy that, that ah. <laughs> uh i mean there's nothing there's nothing more fun than making people laugh to, to me yeah you know to, and see that reaction from people and so to get great response from my comedy uh and i've got a couple of them out there now but just to, to get a great response from those give some people. examples give some examples of the comedies you've written so of, people of which can one? find look them up yeah oh of the of the actual screenplay yeah um i wrote one called where there's a will and it's okay. about oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and it's about um, a strange family getting together for the reading of their father's will. So uh -huh. it's brothers and sisters. Uh, they just haven't been close for the last 10, 20 years. And they all throw them back into a room to get the reading of the will. <clears throat> and so, but again, it's a comedy. Yeah. And so, so they find out there's a couple of uh, brothers and sisters they didn't even know about. <clears throat> <laughs> which happens I, in real life I've yeah. had, i had a friend at university who, who found out that he had brothers and sisters he wasn't aware of when his yeah, father yeah. passed away yeah but the comedy the part of this is is that uh i guess the, in the story their mother passed away some 20 years ago but the father had a few uh adventures in life after that uh -huh. and and he's the, the father who passed is a multimillionaire. so there's a little fighting going to be some fighting over the money that kind of stuff and he made his money uh, inventing board games <clears throat> back in the back in the day from the 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s. He invented all these board games and made a big fortune. So the, the gist of the story is he's making all the siblings compete in board games I think that's brilliant. <laughs> for, for a week in his mansion on his estate there. Um, but they play one game a day for seven days. And the more you play, the more you win. At the end, you so they have to stay in order to get the money. And uh -huh. so it, it forces them to rebuild their relationships is, is what it does. And, 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 this, this, and it's, it's a white family and, and a, a affluent family. And, and the, the two uh, estranged siblings, one is, is a little Asian girl and the other is this African boy uh, uh -huh. who, who they didn't. So all of a sudden they have siblings that don't look like them, don't feel like them. And it's that whole relationship of the week of them all working together and fighting together and, and things like that and to <laughs> to stay together for the week and that's that's what the comedy is about that is hilarious and I I, I I i know that you've written um another uh screenplay which is relate you know located in lake placid oh uh, which, yes which is a beautiful place i i, I remember you know one of my biggest adventures as when I was uh, just finishing my PhD was to go into the Adirondacks and stay at the oh, Adirondack nice. Lodge, which oh, is you've been there. <laughs> where you were. So when I was doing the research on you, I thought, oh my goodness, I've just had a flash. <laughs> my old journey just oh, came wonderful. back to me of, of my adventure. So what, what inspired you to, <sighs> to, to, to write that story? Well, that's an interesting story because it's a romance story and adventure, uh -huh. but um <laughs> I wanted to write a uh, love triangle scenario that no one has ever written. And so, ah. so what uh, the, the angle is, uh, a, a young lady, she falls in love with two young men at the same time, but 
anytime that's ever been done in the past, uh, maybe she's betrothed to one guy, but he's not such a good character. And the other guy's the handsome young savior kind of person. But my thought was, what if both of the guys were good guys? What if both of them are nice? What if both of them are kind and gentle? But she just happens to fall in love with both of them at the same time. So that's, I wanted to write that story because I don't think it's ever, I've never seen it before. Yeah, because you always have a good cop and a bad cop kind exactly. of scenario, don't you? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you got to have a bad cop in there. So it's it's the the um, it's the best man of of the groom-to-be. He's kind of the bad cop in, in the story. Uh -huh. But uh, so, I, and I put it in uh, 1905, back 100 plus years ago, Um because it's when um, some of the affluent people first started coming to Lake Placid to enjoy the out, great outdoors, but they're city yeah. people. So we have conflict between the city people and the mountain people. We have conflicts that they came there to get married uh, because the boy, the groom, uh, always went there as a, as a young man. He always went to the Adirondacks with his father and befriended a local guy who's a guide and uh, they kind of grew up together. So it's the young guy that lives in the Adirondacks who the girl falls in love with while she's... Uh. While she, so now we have two best friends. <clears throat> and and the, the uh, fiancé is in love with both of them at the same time. Wow. So I think that's a triangle I've never seen written. And I wanted no. to... And then we throw it in the Adirondack Mountains and you got you got fishing involved and you got climbing hills and stuff like yeah. that as part of it. Uh, so I, I wanted to write that story because I've never seen it before. Yeah, great. And do you know what I love about your transition, your career transition? I know you're still doing what, what you used to do before to, to, yeah. to a certain degree is that the sky's the limit. You know, <laughs> it, it is it, the only limitation is your imagination. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've written some pretty crazy. Uh, I, I was in uh, Sacramento at a film festival and there was a uh, and I went to that one because uh, during one of the seminars was a screenwriting professor from UCLA. He's 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 mm -hmm. taught screenwriting all these years. And I went more to see to hear, hear his seminar and, and, and listen to what he had to say. And one of the things he said, I, I asked him a question and, and uh I, I said, what can, what's the one thing that you don't talk about that a screenwriter can do to make himself better? And he just said, always challenge yourself. Always challenge yourself. Don't get comfortable with what you're doing. And boy, yeah. that just hit, that just hit home for me. It's like, always challenge myself, always challenge myself. So on this flight home, coming back to the East, I said, how could I challenge myself? And then I, I came up with an idea. What if the protagonist in the story was an inanimate object. How, <laughs> how challenging would that be? You know, how challenging would that be to do that? And I said, I'm going to do this. And I started writing on the plane. I, was just, <laughs> and I started going crazy writing. Uh, I wrote a, a short screenplay and the, 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 the character, the main character is a throw pillow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I wrote this screenplay about this throw pillow and it's like, wow, that's kind of, kind of crazy, but, uh, I'm going to submit that. I submitted it to without a second rewrite, without editing myself or anything. <laughs> I just, I just, I and I entered cans. Uh, I said, if I'm going to test myself, I'm going to. You're going to really go there. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the biggest film festival globally. Yeah, 
and uh, it won third place out of 2,000 screenplays. Wow. Third. And, and it's one I wrote in literally a, a day and a half. <laughs> Without, but I challenge no my... constraints though uh, you know your 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 vision was challenge exactly and I you challenged know? myself and and it evidently worked so wow that's amazing what what are your gonna what's going to be your next you know big challenge for you where are you going to push into you know your growth growth zone because you know obviously we our comfort zone gets bigger and bigger as it does it does as, our, as we grow so we have to keep pushing that envelope don't we we need to keep pushing the growth curve i've got three or four ideas after i finish amy's uh amy's project um and one is a historical one and i think that might be a, quite a challenge to me to to do a historical piece mm-hmm. um and it's a really strange story that happened in the U.S. Uh, in the 1860s, and and uh, it's it's never heard of, and never talked about. It, it was a it was a uh, a group of Irishmen in the United States decided to attack Canada. Okay. <laughs> and I did research on that, and it's it. I thought it was going to be a comedy. I thought it was going to be like oh, I'll, I'll, but it it was an it's an amazing story. Wow. That, that uh, they were trying to just free uh, Ireland from uh, the grips of, of Great Britain at that time. Yeah. It was just after the famine. And they thought if they, if they could capture Canada, they would negotiate and say, you free Ireland, we'll give you your Canada back. And it, this underground army was formed. It was right, yeah. after the Ameri- uh, right after the American Civil War. And this underground army, they had a Congress. They, they, it, inside the United States, secretly, they had Congress. They had congressmen and everything. And they would have these secret missions all over... Uh, northeast United States, they would, they would, uh, and they would raise money for an army and all this kind of, and it's all just hiding right under the surface. All of, under well, the radar, yeah. Yeah, of, of at the time of Reconstruction, after the Civil War, they were, they were getting, they, and they attacked Canada four times. Wow. And they were turned wow. back, turned back, and and uh, it's that's an interesting story uh, that I think I'd like to like to uh, try, like to work on, but I've never done a historical piece. So. Uh huh. And what what do you what do you enjoy the most? You know, because you've got such a breadth of experience on all of the different types of ways in which we can uh, tell a story uh, through 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 um, visual uh, representation. What what's what do you enjoy the most? Is it is it plays? Is it is it movies? Is it well uh, TV shows? With, with a with a play, you get instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah, and and I. I uh, uh, my story about the Adirondacks uh, was done as a musical, and uh-huh. and, and I wow. wrote all the, I wrote all the songs for it. I did <laughs> I did all the music in the book and the lyrics and the, I did the whole thing on that one. And um, you get again, it's instant gratification. A, sta- a live standing ovation is just just you know it's that's it's ego building this oh sure. yeah uh, there's nothing and, better than standing up on stage and you know hearing people applaud yeah your accomplishments yeah. yeah yeah and and um we i mean we sold out every uh, this the second week of the run we we sold out every night you know wow and so that is a tremendous tremendous feeling to be there and re- as you're receiving that uh because, because I had to, uh, I had to step in several times and and play uh, some of the 
actors play the characters that, I, that was not intentioned. Yeah. But, but but I would have to because of whatever reason I have to run up on stage and all of a sudden be that character in my show. So I played a couple of different characters in that show. But but that accolade is just it's hard to imagine it. And opening night for a musical that you have written is just terrifying. <laughs> it's just, I yeah, it's, uh, I remember telling somebody, I feel like I'm having a baby or something. You know, <laughs> because I, yeah, I literally worked on it for nine months and, and, yeah. and, and I produced and directed it. And so it's just, that's, it's hard, hard, hard work, but God, it's just rewarding. Yeah. How do you, how do you cope with the, you know, those emotions? Cause they're, must be incredibly intense it, you know all that it builds is. up within nine months and then it goes into production and the, obviously the production you'll get feedback and then eventually it, um yeah. you know you get to the first night uh it's um <laughs> i've always been pretty good about controlling my emotions uh, uh -huh. it, it's um uh, i never get upset I never get mad at people. I don't yell at people. It's not me. I just don't do that. And and um, I, you know, I kind of take the approach. Uh, I think you can do better. Why don't you try this? I uh -huh. instead of instead of what the hell are you doing? You're you're supposed to be. You know, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't get you anywhere. It yeah. I, I don't I don't get upset in life. I don't get upset, upset at people. I just uh, you know I don't let that penetrate me I guess I think that's a I think that's a really great piece of advice you know because a lot of people um they, they're in a I'll just use an analogy of a boat on a uh, on a water of emotions yeah and they're the ones that create the waves you know they're bouncing <laughs> in the boat <laughs> yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah and they create the waves of emotions that other people have to then deal with exactly uh, because the waves go out and hit, yeah. hit the other boats and some yes, people no. have got little tiny boats and they can't deal with them and other people have got huge big tankers and they're all ready and it doesn't make any difference yeah but yeah. the fact that you're not the one creating the waves you're just steadying the ship in, in, in um, long run you just hurt course. yourself by doing it yeah you really do you just yeah so and I've, you fall like bored often yeah because yeah. the emotional waves, you're you're bouncing up and down in your boat. You eventually, <laughs> that's, that's right. You eventually you, fall out, right? Just but you need you can swim. But you need those people. You 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 know to 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 write the boat. You need them. Yeah. As, why why make it worse? You know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's re really important. And uh, what's your what's your next big goal or your uh. big vision for the future? What what is it you want to achieve? Because you know, we can all set ourselves, you know, uh, expiration dates, if you will. Sure. Um, but you, you've you've chosen not to do that. No, uh, I don't think about it. <laughs> no. I just don't think about it. You know, you know, I, uh, I, I guess uh, I, I'm too uh, too ignorant to recognize my own uh, age and my own aging. I just don't deal with this because I just no, don't, I don't accept it. I just don't no. accept it. You know, so, so, so I mean, we know people. You know, the the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken. He was uh, became a millionaire. At, I think it was sixty seven or sixty nine. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, there's nothing stopping anybody from. Being... But that that was his passion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and this is my <laughs> and this is my passion: telling stories, telling stories, and and, and you know, 
it didn't help. The COVID has not helped my, my cause at all yeah. because, because things in Hollywood and LA just went dead for a year and a half at least. Yeah, and then it's just barely climbing out of it now. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the goal is, is to, you know, see your name on the big screen someday, that kind of, that yeah. kind of thing, or, or it, it, it's phenomenal to, to, to win accolades. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the first time I walked the red carpet, and received an award was just mind blowing that here's this, here's this old guy up in the mountains of Lake Placid, you know, just uh, wheeling and dealing in Hollywood all of a sudden. And it's, it's, uh, it's kind of mind blowing. And what do you think? I know you just mentioned COVID. I think this is a really important point because the film industry has, has really oh. been put on hold, but the film industry is, is really good at, lifting people out of holes giving people that alternative perspective of life yeah um he helping people understand that they can there is opportunity for hope and healing and, and obviously for humor as well you know the entertainment industry is is about entertaining people yes. what do you think what do you think um the industry needs to do or, or could do um uh to really help uh people out of the, the darkness that they're in, a, a, you know, as a, as a whole nation uh, a, and really around the world. How do you think the industry could really help people uh, with this transition into that new state that, that we that we want to move into? Well, unfortunately, there are very few venues for feel good movies. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, th there are some and there's some great ones out there. But those are indie films. These are independent filmmakers. Yeah. The the, uh, the industry wants to make the blockbusters that mm -hmm. that, that make you know go into syndication or will go around the world and make money for them in Bangladesh. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so the established industry uh, is not focused on on feel good movies. Okay. Uh, the, but the, there's some great indies, the, uh, independent filmmakers who are. They still want to tell stories, like Amy's story, like yeah, like things like that, like the human trafficking story. And even it has a good, you know, a feel good element to it mm -hmm. by, by overcoming. And and so, uh, I, I wish the the big the big industry people would feel more inclined to 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 do some feel-good movies mm -hmm. you know and I, I i think that's really important now because people need to feel good yeah and, yeah and better and that you know it's very easy to get sucked into the negative uh social media it, it really is it really is and there are some like hallmark hallmark always mm -hmm. has feel-good movies and 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 uh industry comedies seem to to uh, go to the feel-good movies you know, even though it might be a little bizarre or something, there's still a more moralistic ending to it or or family reuniting or the love couple gets back together, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. there are a lot out there, but they're mostly out of the independent film film industry. Mm -hmm. And I noticed most of your films uh, you've made more towards an adult audience. <laughs> Have you, is there a challenge in the future to write something for the younger audience, children or, or young children? as a challenge to yourself? 
I think you just threw down the gauntlet. <laughs> <So>. Did I? <laughs> I think so. Uh, I, um, I, I did write a small a children's book uh, recently that's, that's, being, that's being put into, uh, we're trying to find an illustrator and things like that. So, so uh, it, that, but that's just a little a book thing. Um, uh-huh. I've never thought about it too much, even though most of my family feels I'm childlike. I should probably, <laughs> I should probably. Well, because you started, when we started this conversation, you, you were telling the fact that all the children yeah. used to magnetize towards you with the stories yeah. that you tell. So yeah. I feel like there's some untapped potential there, in there, there, there it's that a good, is waiting to be released. That's a good, uh, that's a good <laughs> observation. <laughs> And, you know, with all of your experience on, you know, the, your mindset, your massive imagination that you have. Yeah. Uh, and the importance of creating stories that make people feel good. I think yeah. children really need, um, you uh, know, given the good, situation good... that they've been through, that they're kind of like the forgotten generation in the COVID crisis. There's, there's yeah. so much focus on how how adults are suffering and uh, and the you know the yeah. the older generation are struggling because of the because of the fact because of just the pure fact of more 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 susceptible sure but there, there's a forgotten uh generation that uh, are not being supported not being talked about those stories aren't being told wow. yeah and they need those feel-good stories t- to know that you know, there is a there is a light at the end of the tunnel for them too. Mm-hmm. That's uh, no, you're absolutely right. So, uh, I guess I'll have to start putting a few few great, great brain cells in that direction. <laughs> and what's your? Are you willing to share your um, the story that you've written, the children's story? Oh, <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's sure. It's it's. Um, I think it's got if you. If, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you like to be? And then oh. the next page would be, if you were a bird, what kind of bird would you like to be? And then it goes through uh, a peacock or a robin or a, this kind of thing. And yeah. one, one that eats worms all day long and it rhymes. Yeah. Uh, and, and then so each page is if, you know, it was if you were a flower or if you were a bug or if you were a farm animal or so each page is like, what one would you like to be? That kind yeah. of thing. So. Oh, that sounds wonderful because I know like the rhyming books. So Julia Donaldson for for me over here, my daughter Lily is two two yeah. and a half. It is amazing at right. You know, it really a, a catches children's imagination when you can write rhyming stories. Exactly, exactly. Because <clears throat> it's easy yeah. for them to remember and easy for them to 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 well, easy for the adult to read as well. Yeah. Um, so. so I think that's 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 great. I know my my dad wrote his book, Peter Pixie, um, visits the rescue center, which is was his first story. He's written several. Oh, good. Um, and he used to read those to us when we were children, and they really captured our imagination. And actually, capturing the imagination of kids, we all went off to be pretty creative. Uh, children in our own right I think it's really important yeah that when too. you have such a powerful imagination yeah that it you you share it with yes. as many yeah yeah <laughs> as you as you can it's really really important that sounds fantastic um and yeah, I'm we're, more than we're... happy to give you a contact for an illustrator 
uh, oh, if you want I'll, to. I'll after probably that. take it. So if you want, so <laughs> because it's 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 just it's just fun. But uh, I, I I grew up in nature. I grew up. Um, and my parents always took us for a hike once a week, that kind of thing. So yeah, and 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 one of my, one of my many uh, past lives <laughs> I've had here lately is as uh, I was a forest ranger in in the oh, states wow. here for about ten years. Wow! Uh, and I would take people on hikes and teach them about what each flower is, or edible or edible plants in the woods, and what the birds are, and that sort of thing. So it's kind of an extension of that. That. Do you know you're absolutely singing that my music because I'm a mountain <laughs> leader uh, oh. from through the military, and I find it so important that we educate children yep. about the the wonders of nature, particularly now in the with the climate struggles that we're experiencing. It's so important that we connect them to, uh, you know, their awareness of nature and the importance of looking after it, yeah, and getting them away from their screens. <laughs> yes. So that's that was the inspiration for the book uh, and that we're working on. And and it's uh, and, and like I said, I rhyme. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you want to be? And then I the, the next page explains all these kinds of trees. Uh, this one gives fruit. This one gives shade. This one makes oh. maple syrup. This one does this. So which one would you want to be? And and, yeah. and so each each section goes through each each category of, of and, and describing the different kinds of birds or the different kind of flowers or or things like that. Wow. Well, if you need a, a reviewer, I'm more than happy to get my <laughs> daughter Lily to okay. review it because she's an avid reader <laughs> oh. uh, and she'll definitely, <laughs> definitely be able to provide you with some great feedback. Okay. even though she's that very young that sounds fantastic so what? A, chil a children's movie uh, I, I i i guess i'll start thinking about that well do you know i think it's um i think it's i'd love to chat with you more about this because i <laughs> i'd love for the stories that my dad's written to be turned into an amazing movie that's magical and creative and it's all about nature and oh, nice. uh, working in harmony with um, the animals in the forest and you know understanding how the all the different types of insects that we have in our in our forest exactly exactly how they work together so yeah, yeah I, I think it's really important we give you know that magic uh to, to children as well as the in you know their imagination that knows no bounds right yeah, so yeah yeah so uh giving them that little hook to expand their imagination is just... Oh, I, I agree. Uh, growing up in the Adirondacks and living in the Adirondacks, it always amazed me when the people from the city do come and the children just have, they actually have a, most of them have a fear of wow. of, of the of the wild, of the, of the forest, mm. you know, and, and it, rather than, I'm just the opposite. <laughs> I'm afraid of New York City. So <laughs> yeah, uh, if my daughter could go camping every day, uh, you know, <laughs> she would. She has to camp in her bedroom. Yeah. Uh, every day is a camping day for her, and she's constantly wanting to go out in our camper van uh, because from a young age we've got her out into the yeah, you know, into nature. And Excellent. Excellent. Experience and it's really well. You'll have you'll have free. to bring her. You have to bring her to the Adirondacks. I definitely will. I will go to the Adirondack Lodge and I'll. <laughs> no, that would be wonderful. I'd love to go go back up there, up in New York State. It was such a beautiful place. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. 
So, so what one piece of advice, you know, this show is all about brain health and unchaining your pain. And I'd yeah. like to go back to the beginning of, of your story and your journey where you realized, you know, physically uh, you couldn't continue with the, with the struggles that you're experiencing because of your work, of the work that you were doing. So yeah. you switched uh, from very much a physical uh, fulfillment to a mental fulfillment. Yeah in your life and, and unchange your pain uh, in that way uh, and also sort of gave yourself a new a new career pathway that you that yep. you didn't have before a time where other people may be considering winding down because of physical constraints that they possess sure, sure. What, what, what one piece of advice would you give anybody who who's at that stage of their life where the, where their the physical mobility is is becoming a hindrance, shall we say? Mm -hmm. what, would, mm -hmm. what piece of advice would you say to people that, that, that are in that situation? I think the one piece of advice would be to be flexible. Don't. Uh -huh. I think we started off with that: is don't don't pigeonhole yourself. Be flexible in the world. Uh, doesn't mean you have to run out and decide to be a computer programmer and learn learn all about programming, but there's just there's so much out there don't don't be afraid to challenge challenge yourself get out there do something you never thought you would do before um and and uh, you'd, be, you'd be surprised you'd be surprised how it can rejuvenate your mind by yeah. by going outside your box outside your comfort zone mm. it's scary sure it's scary it's, uh, i was mm. i was scared to death to submit my very first screenplay yeah I was because it's like, oh no, what if they hate me? You know, you go through yeah. that. <laughs> what if I'm no good? What Predicting if... the worst. That's a little automatic negative thought coming yeah. in there. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. But I, I I didn't let that stop me. And yeah. So, and, and so I just, I just said, I said, what? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's do it. So, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. I, I have a saying to, I, I used to give um, to people, often give to people is don't, be afraid to fail, be oh, afraid not to try. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. you never know what you'll accomplish, but you just have to try. Yeah. You know, you know, the famous line Thomas Edison said about that was, is, is I did not learn to invent the light bulb. I learned 10,000 ways not to not invent to the light bulb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he failed 10,000 times. Yeah. And, and so many people were, you know, very skeptical about what he wanted oh, to accomplish. But oh, goodness sure. me, aren't we thankful that he did fail 10,000 times? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and, that he could get that one win. And unfortunately, I think the, the world out there um, dares you to 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 stay or to stay in your lane and and just you know oh don't do that you'll you'll be a failure you know so you mm. you've got that part are you crazy at your age what are you doing you know that kind of attitude is out there and luckily i've never listened to it i didn't listen to it when i was young yeah, I'm, certainly, I'm not gonna listen to it when i'm old just because i didn't listen to it when i'm young so <laughs> I think that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant. How can people get hold of you? I know we've got a banner running on the bottom, but how can people sure. get hold of you? Yeah, yeah. Well, my website is ericpgranger.com and you can contact me through there. There's contact information or you can get me on Facebook, uh, 
you know, at Eric Granger, I think it's Eric Granger 50, because there's a bunch of Eric Grangers out there. And yeah. uh, like everyone, <laughs> there's, um, yeah, just just reach out to me. I, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the contacts and, and uh, I'll, I spend a lot of time answering emails all the time there. Yeah. So. And, and do make sure you check out uh, Eric's website because, it, honestly, the accolades that he has, <laughs> the, the accomplishments that he's achieved with all of his films and screenplays and so on is just it's just really phenomenal. And it, it's just a really, uh, what I think is a real beacon of light for people to know that, you know, you can do something different with your life at, at, at any age yeah, at, sure. and, and just just go for it. Yeah, yeah, but the, the big it's, it's it's taking that leap. It's 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 you know have faith in yourself, even if other people don't. You know, if, uh, whether it's in the art world, I mean, I know people. Grandma Moses, if you remember, she didn't start painting till she was nearly seventy, and and people like that just you know don't 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 put a put a negative hat on before you even begin. You know, yeah. don't. Don't do. I can't do that. Oh, I could never do that. You know that kind yeah. of thing, because it's uh, you can. You can do just just about anything if you want to. You can anything. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. I, exactly. I truly exactly. believe. Yeah, and don't Eric, be don't be afraid of failure. That's the big thing. Just no. you know, I, there was certainly I certainly got rejection letters like everybody. Oh, sorry, thank you. You know, you're not good enough. That kind of stuff. I said, okay, fine. You don't think so, but I'll see what the next guy says. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like like uh, uh, Thomas Edison. Oh, exactly. E exactly. Yeah. You know, I I I found many ways not to write a screenplay. <laughs> so, and but it's look just, what you've accomplished by doing so. You know, by taking that first step and putting pen to paper. Yeah. And just get going. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and don't be afraid to knock on doors. Just don't be afraid of it. Just, yeah. you know, I, I lost my modesty a long time ago, so it's a good thing. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Eric, it's been a real pleasure having oh, you, you on the show. Thank you so much for your stories, for your insights, uh, yeah. for your wisdom and, and, and just showing us what the power of imagination. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. This broadcast is brought to you by WinCheck Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.